All my life, I've always wanted to help people. Fast forward 40 plus years on this planet and I'm running the holistic clinic of my dreams. I founded the supplement company of my dreams and I'm stepping into each day like it's a dream. Now, I get to help even more people through this podcast and I want you to have the tools to feel your best, to optimize, to figure out what's going wrong and how to course correct. I believe in you so much. Knowledge is power, and we're going to transform your life together. School of Doza is in session. Okay. Hi, everyone. Happy week. Hope you're doing fantastic and soaking up the last of these sunshine days. Things in Austin here have been great. I spent a lot of the summer outside running in the late afternoons because it's not 120 degrees and I can actually tolerate it. But I hope you're all doing amazing. I hope you're getting lots of sunlight out there. Please stay Stay outside as much as you can and what you can tolerate. Before we get into the episode, you should know that we do have a YouTube channel if you ever want to watch this podcast in video form or search for some of the videos we've done. Simply search for Nurse Doza on YouTube and it should pop up. Also, make sure you subscribe to the newsletter as it comes out bi-weekly and it's chock full of questions you sent in answered by me. Today, we're going to talk about bloat and some tips to reducing it. First, why does paying attention to bloat and doing something about it matters? Well, nearly 40% of the general population reports having bloating. And that could be even higher with some people because a lot of people don't realize they're having digestive issues to begin with. Now, I want you to use this advice as a starting off point for your own research and data gathering. Get empowered and take notes. I believe you can get better with the bloat you've maybe been dealing with. Let's get into the tips. Class is in session. The first thing you can do about your bloat is to see if the diet is causing it. I think that a lot of people don't realize that the food we're eating is causing inflammation. A lot of times people get bloating after they eat a meal and they don't realize it. I want you to check in with yourself 30 minutes after you eat a meal, 60 minutes, even two hours after a meal if you can remember it. I want you to see if some of the food you just ate is causing you to be bloated. A lot of people will find that certain ingredients in their food will cause them to be bloated, and it's a simple solution. You remove that food from your diet, and next thing you know, your bloating gets better. For people who have bloating, I want you to keep in mind, most likely the bloating is being caused by a digestive issue. For most people, like I said before, it could be 40% of the population that has bloating and digestive issues and may or may not know that. But if you've ever been distended or had bloating or felt really, really full after a meal, you have digestive issues. The first thing you can do with digestive issues to help the bloating is remove some of the foods. One of the highly recommended diets for IBS, for digestive issues and even bloating, is trying the low FODMAP diet. The low FODMAP diet is basically where you remove certain starches from your diet. These starches, known as carbohydrates, typically ferment inside of your digestive tract and make up something called your microbiome. This is the healthy environment you know as probiotics. Now, keep in mind that our digestive tract needs carbohydrates in order to live. In fact, it's a main source of fuel for the digestive tract, but it needs healthier carbs. 
not the kind that you find in processed foods, not the kind you find in french fries, not the kind that you find in cheeseburgers. You need healthier starches from healthier fruits and vegetables. These are the types of foods that you should be including in your diet and removing some of the other ones. So a low FODMAP diet is a great start for anyone with bloating. And I highly suggest that you try this. There's many different ways to find it online. We'll leave a link in there for the show uh, notes for you. But like I said, the low FODMAP diet is a good start. It's not the only diet that you're going to follow, but it's a good start. There are some people who do well with this diet and then modify it to their needs. And like I said, you have to pay attention to the foods you're eating because it could be that on the low FODMAP diet, it says it's okay to eat grains and lentils, but it might, it might really actually bloat you. So I'm a big fan of removing certain foods and going on an elimination diet. So like I said, the FODMAP diet is a good start. And if you go on a elimination diet, you can almost pinpoint what food causes the bloating. And if you eat a diet rich in healthier real foods, you can really pinpoint what's going on your, on your plate and what's going into your body, and you can remove those and really pay attention to it. Because keep in mind, if you eat something out of a box or a can and there's 30 ingredients on the nutritional label, there's 30 ingredients that might be causing bloating. Which one of them is causing the issue? And to remove one ingredient is almost impossible. You're going to have to remove the whole product. That's why with an elimination diet, even a low FODMAP diet, they emphasize real foods. Because if it's avocado that's causing an issue, you can cut it out. And you'll know it and you'll realize it after you eat it. If it's broccoli that's causing an issue, you can cut it out. right? If it's tomatoes, you can cut it out. But if it's tomatoes in a pre-mixed salsa can that has 20 ingredients in it with you know 10 preservatives, I have no idea what it's going to do to my body. And keep in mind that it's not just certain ingredients like lentils or grains or even some of the carbohydrates that could cause issues with your digestive tract. Sugary beverages like sodas directly contribute to bloating in the digestive tract because high fructose corn syrup, which is found in a lot of sodas and a lot of sugary beverages, directly contributes to the damage of your digestive tract. Something called leaky gut, which you might hear from time to time, is caused from things like sugar, sodas, and even gluten. And when you consume these things through a fast food diet, you're directly contributing to damaging the liver and the digestive tract, and you're causing havoc on your overall health. So keep in mind that if you're eating something that you shouldn't be, you can pinpoint how it's affecting you almost 30 minutes after you eat it, almost 60 minutes after it, but you have to pay attention and then try to remove it from your diet to see if it makes a difference. The second thing you can do about bloating is fix your gut. And we talked about removing some of the foods from your diet. Well, once you remove it from your diet, I want you to repair the diet or repair the gut. Fixing your gut is a process. And I say this very lightly because it's not easy. It's not easy at all. You have to, the hardest part is actually removing the food from your diet that's causing the damage to your digestive tract in the first place. And like I said, for some people, an elimination diet, starting with something like a low FODMAP diet, is a good start. But once you've gotten the diet down and you realize what works for you and what doesn't, this is the part of the repair. When you have digestive issues, you have to repair the digestive tract. When you have digestive issues, you can have nausea, you can have diarrhea, you can have constipation, you could have bloating, in addition to having actual damage in the digestive tract lining. You could have damage to the microbiome like we talked about if you eat the wrong kind of sugar and carbohydrates. 
But guess what also can affect your digestive tract? Prior bacterial infections, prior viral infections, even medication. I have here that your digestive tract can be altered by diet, medication, the way you were born, whether it was C-section or natural, your age, and even your gender. Even your psychological state can affect your digestive tract. There is a connection between your gut and your brain that sometimes gets talked about. It's getting talked about more now. But in the medical world, they're calling this disorders of the gut and brain interaction. And they're recognizing now that the digestive tract and the brain have a connection. We've heard before that your gut is your second brain. And the reason why is because there's so much in your digestive tract that is involved in communication with the brain. I could make the case that the microbiome, the one that's full of all the good bacteria in your gut, helps your brain communicate and helps, helps it think. And if your digestive tract, including your microbiome, is off in any way, you can't think clearly. And we have studies from Harvard that show that this, that this is the case. We could talk about how healthy your brain is and talk about how healthy your gut is in the same sentence. And keep in mind, if you've had bloating, leaky gut, irritable bowel syndrome for a few years, this is also directly affecting your brain. And I could show you all the studies that talk about brain fog and irritable bowel syndrome and how there's a connection. So when we talk about fixing the gut, I am really serious. You have to stop putting things in your gut that are based in your body that are causing damage to your gut. And then you have to repair the gut with the recipe. Now, the podcast before this, we talked about the recipe for the liver. Well, there's a recipe for your digestive tract too. And it's not just probiotics. The number one thing I think you can take to help fix your gut is take L-glutamine. The reason why we have it as a supplement at MSW Nutrition, it's called our gut. L-glutamine is an amino acid that directly helps repair the gut lining. When you talk about leaky gut, you have damage to the digestive tract lining. L-glutamine acts like stucco, almost patching up the leaky gut and the, the cracks that form in the digestive tract because we don't want cracks in the digestive tract. L-glutamine will patch them up. Things like glutamine, things like processed sugars, all that, even infections, will cause damage to the digestive tract and cause cracks to happen in there. And just like a foundation of your house, you don't want cracks in your house. You don't want cracks in your digestive tract. So we want to make sure we seal those cracks up. And every time that I take L-glutamine with our gut powder, I'm sealing up the cracks. Yes, I might have bloating from time to time, but I can tell you this right now. If I eat chips and queso once in a while, that could still cause damage. I should probably take some L-glutamine before or after. Just on a side note, I had a hot wing challenge I did last week where I had to eat a bunch of spicy chicken wings. Guess what I did before the challenge? I did four scoops of our gut powder in water literally 30 minutes before I did the challenge. And I did great. My digestion was on point. I was able to go to the bathroom next, the next day and get all that stuff out of my system. I can't tell you how many people will tell us the same thing with the gut powder, the glutamine. More people poop better with L-glutamine supplementation. When you poop better by taking L-glutamine, that shows you that you're helping repair your gut. Because think about it, healthy poops are a sign of good health. And if you fix your gut, you fix your poops. So I really want you to think about what we're doing to our digestive tract. And if you're not having the right recipe, you can supplement. L-glutamine should be on everyone's kitchen cabinet or in their kitchen cabinet. I give it to my kids. L-glutamine has been shown to help with immunity by helping improve the digestive tract lining. You should be taking L-glutamine. 
The third thing you can do about bloating is get blood work done. Now, I know that fixing your gut for some people is difficult. L-glutamine is a good way to start. Elimination diet is the next best way to do it. But let's say you've done that. Let's say you've done the elimination diet. Let's say you're taking L-glutamine. Your poops are better, but you're still like, I'm still like, I'm still kind of bloated. Now, bloating, depending on where it's at, most mainly it's the gut we're talking about. If you have arthritis of your knee, your knee swells, right? If you have arthritis of your gut, you call it irritable bowel syndrome, leaky gut, whatever, you're going to have swelling there. And you'll notice this every time you eat something, right? That's, that's an easy one to pick up on. But imagine you're just constantly bloated in between meals all the time. You're just like, I'm just always bloated, right? Because a lot of people are. This is why I like lab work. Lab work takes the guessing out of what's going on in your body. And for some people, it tells you exactly where the problem is. So here's a couple of lab tests that you probably want to look at if you're dealing with chronic bloating. HSCRP, high sensitivity C-reactive protein. We talk about it in our reading lab section. I highly advise you go check it out. It's episode number 23 if you're keeping track at home. But HSCRP has been shown to have a direct relationship with irritable bowel syndrome. HSCRP is a lab test I order on almost every, if not every single client that comes in to see us gets a HSCRP. I check it on myself routinely because HSCRP tells me if there's inflammation in the body. If your HSCRP is elevated for any reason, you might be dealing with inflammation. If you have digestive issues and irritable bowel syndrome, labs have been high with HSCRP in patients with irritable bowel syndrome. So if you think about HSCRP being high and you have digestive issues, it's like a little fire that keeps burning in your digestive tract that never goes out and you could see it show up on labs. Another lab test that you would want to check for irritable bowel or maybe bloating or digestive issues is ALT. ALT is a liver enzyme test. And you're thinking, oh my gosh, we're talking about the liver. Yep, you're going to hear me talk about the liver all the time. I even talked about it earlier. If you have digestive issues, you have liver issues. If you have liver issues, you have digestive issues. ALTs are liver enzymes that can be elevated with fatty liver disease, liver inflammation, and irritable bowel syndrome. I quote, the presence of excessive gas was correlated with liver inflammation coupled with elevated ALT. That's incredible. Because I always look at the labs for liver health and general inflammation. I didn't know that these two liver enzyme labs, ALT and HSCRP, which is a liver enzyme, I didn't know that both of those are elevated with irritable bowel syndrome or leaky gut or digestive issues. I have to keep this in mind to myself. The digestive tract is a security wall. It doesn't let things in the body that don't belong there. But once they're in there, the body will alert us that something's off. Lab work is a great way to show that something's off. So if you're looking at labs on a routine basis, which I highly advise you do, you can get some blood work done and see if there's something going on that might be more cause for concern, right? HSCRP being elevated and ALT being elevated is just the start. Because if your ALT is elevated, your liver is elevated, and you also got to address the liver. So that brings us to the fourth thing you can do for bloating. Support your liver. You, I know I was going to talk about it, right? If you have IBS and you have leaky gut, if you have IBS or leaky gut, you probably have a fatty liver. Keep in mind, one in four U.S. adults have a fatty liver. 40% of the population has digestive issues and bloating. Let's assume 
that our digested tract is off and our liver is off too. I have here in quotations, IBS should be considered in patients with non-alcoholic fatty liver disease and symptoms of abdominal pain associated with defecation as an altered bowel habit and bloating. Now, what's interesting about bloating, we talk about the midsection, we talk about the belly. When you have gallbladder issues, you could have IBS symptoms. When you have gallbladder issues, you could have belly bloating. And if you have gallbladder issues, you have liver issues, you have digestive issues, you have inflammation, you have swelling, you have constipation, you have diarrhea. The list goes on and on. And the reason I bring up the, the gallbladder is because it's attached to the liver. If you've ever dealt with digestive issues, you have to look at what your liver and your gallbladder are doing because they're attached together. But I'll make it simple for you. It's not the gallbladder that's causing the issue. It's the liver. In fact, actually, it's the liver that needs more help than the gallbladder. So if you think about this, 1.4, 1.2 million Americans every year get their gallbladder removed. And what I hear from that, when you have your gallbladder removed, your gallbladder didn't work as well as it could. And if it's attached to your liver, that means the liver is working too hard. And if your gallbladder is not working, your liver is working too hard. That also means that your digestive tract is off and you have irritable bowel syndrome or leaky gut. And if your leaky gut or irritable bowel syndrome is continuously going on, we now know research shows that it's directly connected to your brain and your brain's off. So yeah, taking the gallbladder out is going to fix all that? No. And my high horse right now getting on the soapbox is all about the idea that when you remove something as vital as the gallbladder, what happens to your digestive tract? Does it fix the digestive issues? Does taking the gallbladder out fix the digestive issues? Talk to the 1.2 million Americans and ask them that. Majority of people say no. They still have similar issues afterwards. Removing the gallbladder is not going to fix the fatty liver, and removing the gallbladder is not going to fix the digestive issues. Unless you fix the food you're eating and change your diet, go on an elimination diet, and repair your digestive tract, you're not going to help fix your digestive issues. Take it a step further. You do an elimination diet. You start repairing your digestive tract you're still not going to fix your digestive issues unless you support the liver. Supporting the liver means you're eating a diet that's healthy for the liver, healthy and healthy fat, and you're taking supplements for the liver. Glutamine, we mentioned earlier, is great for the digestive tract. It's also good for the liver. So if you took gut powder from us, you'd be supporting your digestive tract and supporting your liver. Take it a step further. You want to support your liver? One of my favorite supplements that we have is called Bliss. Now, Bliss is something I was just talking about with our producer earlier. I take Bliss in the mornings. Now, Bliss is a sublingual powder. It's one of my favorite supplements. If you haven't tried it, it is highly supportive of the liver. Bliss contains two ingredients called SAMe and TMG, trimethylglycine. Both of those are what's called methyl donors that support the MTHFR gene, which is found predominantly in the liver. Now, I don't mean to confuse you, but for some of you geeky people out there that have heard about the MTHFR gene, you're listening now. But for the other people who need help with the liver and the digestive tract, understand this. Every time you drop your bliss and you put your bliss underneath your tongue, you're directly helping your liver and your digestive tract. Because like I said, anytime you help the liver, you help your gut. Anytime you help your gut, you help your liver. So imagine if I'm taking gut and I'm taking bliss, and I'm using the names of our supplements to make it easier for y'all. If I take gut powder in the morning on an empty stomach with just water and then I drop my bliss and I put that under the tongue first thing in the morning before I eat anything else, 
I did two things for my gut and my liver to help me have healthier poops, help me with leaky gut and irritable bowel syndrome and bloating. You can do all of this before you even hit 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. in the morning and you will have healthier poops. If you combine bliss and gut, glutamine, the SAMI and TMG, if you combine the gut and the bliss, you will have healthier poops and your mood will be better. You want to know why your mood will be better? Not because you're pooping more. Yeah, I mean, that's going to make everyone feel better if you're not constipated, of course. But think about this. The fifth thing that you can do for your bloating is support your serotonin. Now, we talked about the gut-brain connection. Let's bring it back home again. When you support your gut, you support your brain. Did you know that your gut makes a neurotransmitter called serotonin that directly helps you with mood? You've heard about depression. We've talked about depression and dopamine. Let's talk about depression and serotonin. Serotonin is a hormone, a neurotransmitter that we make in our digestive tract. 95% of our serotonin in our body comes from our intestinal tract. If you have leaky gut, if you have irritable bowel syndrome, if you have bloating, you do not have a high enough production of serotonin. There are studies that show that irritable bowel syndrome can cause a suppression of serotonin production in the digestive tract, which directly will lead to things like depression. There are studies that show that medications for depression, like SSRIs, things like Lexapro and Prozac, when you give antidepressants to someone with irritable bowel syndrome, their irritable bowel syndrome gets, gets better. They have shown that not only one type of antidepressants helps irritable bowel syndrome, but another one called TCAs. Two types of antidepressants have been shown to help irritable bowel syndrome. Why? Because these things help your body absorb the little bit of serotonin that your digestive tract can actually make when it has leaky gut, irritable bowel syndrome, or bloating. Medications don't make you more serotonin. Prozac doesn't make more serotonin out of the gut. It just helps you absorb the little bit of serotonin your gut's still making. Does that make sense? So imagine if I have irritable bowel syndrome, I have digestive issues, I have bloating, right? We go back to the original thing. I'm bloated all the time. You don't feel good most likely because your digestive tract is off. And if your digestive tract is off, you're not able to poop on a consistent basis. You're holding on to weight and your mood is off because your serotonin production is disrupted. This is what happens when you have bloating. And you know what's fascinating about all this? If you go and you look up bloating, they're going to say it's irritable bowel syndrome. You go look up bloating again, they're going to say it's liver. If you go look it up again, they're going to call it the gut-brain interaction. You have inflammation. Whenever you have bloating, you have inflammation. Call inflammation whatever you want. You can call it leaky gut. I call inflammation diabetes. You could call it irritable bowel syndrome. I call it dementia. You call it dementia, I call it depression. And what's fascinating is the person that's dealing with digestive issues and bloating, the studies show they can also develop diabetes. In fact, they will more likely develop diabetes because they have a digestive issue. And you imagine depression? You will more likely have depression if you have an irritable bowel syndrome. They go hand in hand. So imagine if you're taking antidepressants and you're like, my depression is not getting better. I say, well, what does your digestive tract look like? 
And you're going to say, well, yeah, I would feel better if I could poop consistently and lose some of this weight. I'm going to say, yeah, but if you fix your gut, you're going to have more serotonin production, which improves your mood and sleep. And then you're going to be less inflamed, which means you're going to be able to poop and you're going to lose weight and you're going to have a healthy physique. And because you're supporting your digestive tract, you're also supporting your liver, which means your hormones get better. Your metabolism gets better. Everything gets better when your liver is better. And if you think about all the things out there that talk about bloating, we've been talking about digestive issues this entire time. But we're talking about what to do. The take-home message is these are things that you can do every single day to help repair your gut, to help you with the bloating, to help you with the inflammation. I don't ever want to eat a meal to the point where I am so bloated, I am miserable. But I used to eat like that. In fact, my whole family still eats like that, right? I have relatives, we'd go to the Mexican restaurant or we'd sit at home and we would eat to the point where we're bloated and we're miserable and full. And then we would eat again a few hours later. And then maybe again later that day. You imagine how much food we actually consume over a lifetime. Most of it's not very good for us because if you ate healthy, lean, real food, you'd be less bloated. Let's be honest. We wouldn't be having this conversation. But the fact that we put so much processed things in our body, it's so damaging to our body. You worry about heart disease and diabetes. I'm telling you right now, you're having leaky gut and ill bowel syndrome at the same time you're developing diabetes and heart disease. While you're developing dementia, you're also having a leaky gut. Because this happens years in the making. Remember, the digestive tract is a security wall. And what is it protecting you from? All these so-called food products and processed ingredients that don't belong in your body that cause disruption. Sugar is probably the worst thing. And I'm saying processed sugar is the worst thing you could ever put in your body. But we found out that high fructose corn syrup and vegetable oil might even be worse than processed sugar. So you imagine processed oils, processed sugar, processed carbohydrates, processed meat, processed protein. All of this has gone through our digestive tract. And it's poked holes in it and caused damage to it. And you wonder if there's any medications to help your digestive issues. There's not. I mean, you can get anti-acids for so long, but if you've had heartburn for any reason, you have digestive issues. Heartburn is the very beginning of digestive issues, just like bloating. Bloating, nausea, indigesting, burping, even flatulence. All signs of indigestion. You should have healthy poops after you eat. You should go to the bathroom once a day at least. And your poops should be a healthy brown. That's a sign of good digestion. But if you don't have that, it's okay. There's something you can do. Listen again to this podcast because it was a lot of information. But I'll simplify it again. The first thing you want to do, you want to cut back on foods that are causing damage to your digestive tract and causing you to be bloated. Start with the low FODMAP diet. Even possibly modify that. The second thing that you can do, you can fix your gut, right? Because we know the bloating is most likely coming from the digestive tract, right? The ways to do it, cut back the foods that are causing damage, start taking supplements, the ingredients that repair the gut. I'm a big fan of L-glutamine. People will say probiotics, that's fine. The probiotics are not going to fix the leaky gut. The probiotics are going to take care of the bacteria, the, the, uh, the probiotics, L-glutamine is going to help take care of the leaky gut. 
The third thing you can do is get blood work done. See if there's any inflammation that you're missing. And then the fourth thing, support your liver. If you took our bliss with the gut, you're supporting the liver and the digestive tract. Very simple, very easy to do. You can do it first thing in the morning. And if you support the bliss, I mean, if you support the, the digestive tract, I didn't tell you this earlier, but if you support the digestive tract, you also are supporting serotonin, right? Well, guess what the bliss does too? The bliss helps make serotonin on top of your normal production from your digestive tract. It's a mood booster. That's why we call it bliss. Bliss helps with the mood. It helps with the liver. It helps with digestive tract. The gut does the same. So this is now a practice for you. This is a combination. It's a routine. It might be a little hard for you at first. You know, I highly suggest you take the supplements. Get ours. Take ours. Like I said, ours are amazing. I take gut and bliss every day. If you want to take those, go to nursedoza.com. Use code NURSEDOZA. Get those supplements. Start taking them. Start changing your diet, right? And start paying attention to how food responds with you. It'll take you a couple months. It might even take you a couple weeks, but this will work. If you do it, okay, you're doing this for yourself. You're not doing this for your spouse. You're not doing this for a loved one. You're doing this because you don't feel good. Bloating is one of the worst feelings because you just don't feel good. You feel miserable. I don't want you to feel like that on a daily basis. So if you try any of these things that we talked about, please let us know if it ends up working out for you. I'm rooting for you. The whole team's rooting for you. You can do this. We're all on the same journey together. And if you ever want to run your labs with me, go to nursedoza.com. I can run some labs for you. We can see if there's anything else going on. Even check that liver. I'm here for you. If you need to listen again, study up. Until next time, class is dismissed. Keep working on your health. 